Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. A couple of things this time. Some trends in inflation, where it's going. Profitability, that's mostly the S&P 500. And a couple of lingering issues I'm just going to toss in here at the back. Inflation has probably peaked. Headline is not continuing to grow. Core is kind of stabilizing, if not shrinking a little bit. Oil is coming down. The yield curve looks great for those of you that track that stuff. And mortgages have stabilized under three, which is not at all surprising. You look at what's going on, initial jobless claims. We're kind of back where we were before the, uh, the pandemic started. Not there exactly, but the trend is very clear. The initial claims have definitely stabilized. There's still some jobs waiting to be had, but they are being filled kind of rapidly. Unfortunately, census is a little bit behind and the Bureau of Labor relies on a lot of their data. Here's inflation. We're kind of looking at what was very likely going to be the shortest and fastest inflation cycle on record, just like this was the shortest and fastest recession on record. Here's predominantly why, and I've talked about M2 before. I know it's kind of a boring subject, but the blue line up there, there's about $21 trillion sitting out there in the economy. It's been built up over time. And the green there is the year over year change. So when the lights went out, a lot of money went into the system, a lot of benefits, so on and so forth. That money is still out there. It hasn't been pulled from the economy. It's probably never going to be pulled from the economy. There's a lot of people out there with great savings accounts and you look down there in the bottom, the velocity, how fast that money is turning over is still very low, in fact, shrinking. This is the huge driver inflation. You have to have a lot of frantic buying, being afraid to miss out or whatever the reason is, you have to have a lot of money turning over to build a driver of inflation in the system. It isn't there. This isn't a liquidity trap. This isn't anything other than there's a lot of people out there that are comfortable with the cash they have. And they're very likely not gonna spend it. They're not gonna invest it. They're just gonna hang on to it. Here was the last great story, lumber. Yes, it has recovered significantly. It dropped like a rock. As of this morning, iron ore has dropped about 40% due to some slowing of steel production in China. Here are mortgages for the past decade. Haven't really peaked. They are kind of seasonal, but here's where we are. And there are very few forces out there that are gonna drive those rates up. Prices are up. Costs of mortgages are down. Last time we were up at 5%, there was a panic in the buying marketplace, younger people, and they just quit borrowing money. So the market adjusted. Those of you that need a reminder of what a real inflation cycle looks like, here it is. The red is what the T-bills were over the years. There is a multi-decade inflation cycle, which ended long ago. We don't have anything like that. As a matter of fact, you look at the blue line and that's the S&P 500 dividends that have kind of stabilized in the past 20 years at a comfortable level. But there's also been a lot of buying of S&P 500 shares from their own companies, which has made these numbers a little more, uh, not suspect, but have mellowed them out. Here are the latest earnings of the S&P 500. They continue to be astonishing. 
And all the new records in the markets have just been following these earnings. Again, there's no drama. U.S. manufacturing production took a hit in 2008, obviously. It took a smaller hit, though it's kind of hard to see in this slide when the lights went out. But you notice the volatile one here is automobiles. They have overreacted a little bit in 2008, and I think they way overreacted here in 2020. And it had a lot of downstream impact on customers and suppliers, so on and so forth. They are trying to recover. They are probably going to be turning in pretty good earnings, even though there is a lot lower manufacturing, a lot lower production, a lot fewer cars rolling off the line because of the chip shortage. But the automobiles that make money for them, they continue to manufacture, naturally. Toyota announced they were cutting their global production about 40%. But if you look what they're cutting, they're cutting the models that don't make them any money. They are still manufacturing the Tundra truck for sure. That one is a very popular, good product, makes them a ton of money. Of the lingering issues, this is one I keep bringing up. It seems to be ignored by a lot of people. It's a tough one. This is rent. We're looking at about 6.4 million people that are behind in their rent of varying degrees. It's about $22 billion. It's a big thing. Well, you look at the math, let's call it $3,300 per person. I can't imagine what it would take to administer a program like this if the federal government coughed up $22 billion and somehow went back to where the rent is owed and paid them. I don't see that happening, and I still don't see how this is going to be resolved. It's a fair amount of money. A lot of property owners are really short on receiving the rent, but it's also injuring those that haven't been evicted yet because if they are evicted, it's going to be like a huge credit blot when they try to rent someplace out. Complex issue. The other thing here is oil. Though global demand is not really abated, it's certainly slowed in the United States up to the point right now when Gee, Colorado produces more oil than Alaska does, certainly California. Both California and Alaska have a fair amount of oil. I don't know if they'll ever get it. California is offshore and Alaska is pretty much everywhere. They have environmental and quality of life issues. So Texas, big producer. The shallow wells out in the Gulf of Mexico, big producer. And there's a lot of oil in the rest of the world if you really want it. Finally, several questions about China. Gee, is this, you know, buy on the dip? Uh, is it a place to go? I know it's not been popular with us for the past decade. Well, it hasn't been a popular place. We've had very little money in China. Nothing direct for 15 years. Again, the significant growth in China is over. Significant growth, certainly, in their ability to raise money to generate a stock market. And the money they had here in the U.S. is pretty much over. They're being told to leave the markets. Their experiment in capitalism is going to be a great academic exercise and the studies for a lot of dissertations over the years. But they are communists. And the current administration there has basically said they're going to redistribute the wealth they have left. This slide here is just an indication of what they've lost in the last 10 years compared to the S&P 500. 
and it's not going to improve. This current administration in the U.S. is actually being much harsher on China than anyone believes, certainly more harsh than the Trump administration was. And I think they're quite rightly helping bump them out of the markets where they've gotten billions of free dollars. They are going to be restricted from China on where they can go. And China has kind of interestingly enough announced they want to be an export machine based on the German model. And the German model for those Basically, the German model is they are a very export-oriented country. They're very good at it. If you need money in Germany, you go to the bank, which are highly regulated, which means if you're a borrower at a bank in Germany, you're also highly regulated. China likes that. The difference is Germany has some very popular first-rate products that they sell around the world some cars, some manufactured things, so on and so forth. China doesn't have anything like it. I know they're trying to get in the airline manufacturing business, and I'm not sure there's a lot of airlines that are going to buy the Chinese version of a 737 or anything else, electronics, technology. If their flow of free technology or stolen technology from the United States starts to dry up, and it is, I'm not sure where they're going to get their latest next invention. Okay, so we'll talk about China a little bit in the future, but they're really not a factor going forward. As always, if you have any questions, send them along to info at shwj.com. Well, thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next time.